Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. And right through the month of January, speaking about refreshed vision, and then last Sunday morning took the time to share with you some of what, it's not a Vision Sunday, for I think every Sunday is Vision Sunday here, uh, but simply to take the opportunity to be able to give you some of the detail. Obviously, this Thursday, we're going to go into that a lot more and there'll be opportunity for you to ask questions. It's not a sign-up night. You don't have to come and make a commitment to anything. It's about information. That's why we called it Kimberly Information Night. And uh, speaking of uh, things that we spoke about last week, though, um, I'm not sure where these guys are. I'm pretty sure Gabby's down in the, uh, in the studio. And I'm pretty sure Mitch is somewhere rather else. And uh, Mardelli is on cafe today. And Daniel's already gone out with the youth. They're the four young people that we spoke about last week, leading young adults as a team. Well, they've got their next or their first event coming up next Sunday, which of course is Metro Life Sunday, uh, where we meet in homes. And so if you're a young adult, that sounds like something you'd be interested in. Go and see them or go to info at metrochurch.org.au, etc. All right. So, however, vision, refresh vision, and then uh, future Sunday. And then today I want to speak to you about uh, together the power of vision. Now, please stay with me because I think there's so much in this, so many Bible verses. I could talk about, you know, just simply the, the social aspects, if you like, the health benefits. This is some excerpts out of a book by the two-time Surgeon General of the US, Dr. Vivek Murthy. I read the book that he wrote after his first term, leading the entire health services of the USA. And uh, the book was called Together, where he said the greatest epidemic in America today was not the pandemic or anything like that. It's the epidemic of loneliness. He talks about all of the things that uh, togetherness does for your physical health. We could talk about that. We could talk about mental health benefits, the strength of it. We could talk about success. Uh, This is yesterday's paper. For those of you that ever read the newspaper nowadays. Uh, That was a big two-page spread uh, by Justin Langer, former Australian cricket coach, speaking about the success of the Perth Scorchers. Yeah, we're all fans now, they want. Uh, The BBL winners. And he goes into, this is why they won. The secrets of their success. And guess what he says it is? Number one was their togetherness, their unity as a team. The fact that they were like a family together. We could talk about all of that stuff, but I want to speak to you today about something the world knows nothing about. I'm going to talk to you about the spiritual power of together in our lives. Acts 2, 41, the Holy Spirit has just been poured out in the day of Pentecost. 120 people have tongues like as of fire appear above them. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them ability. And all the crowds stop and they say, how is this? That guy's not from my country, but he's speaking fluently my language. And so three 
3,000 people that day get ushered into the kingdom of God. They come to Christ. These verses are now what happens next after the Holy Spirit. So many people are praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I join with you and I'm glad about that. But I want to know not just can I see signs and wonders? Can I feel something special? I want to be ready for what's going to come next. Matter of fact, I want to start practicing for what comes next. Acts 2.41, those who believe what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They weren't just going, we got the doctrine. They said, we got the teaching and a fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, That's it, and to Metro Life, and to prayer. Uh, see, you know, I'm committed to Metro Life. I'm committed to Metro Life because I think it's one of the missing ingredients in our world. I really believe that. I think we, we all want to come to a service, but I want people to go, let's take the next step. Amen. All right, and is sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. That's what we did this morning. And to prayer, a deep sense of awe came over them all. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to them their fellowship, those who were being saved. Look how many times in there the plural is used. They and them and together, it all appears in there. It's important that we realise that there is no such thing as solo vision in Scripture. Maybe the vision comes to one, but let me tell you, it never stays at one. No vision ever got fulfilled by one. I speak to you as your senior pastor. And I say to you that the vision God's put in front of us is for all of us. Whatever part you can play, whether it's by prayer, whether it's by some direct uh, contribution, I don't know. All I know is this, there's no such thing as some superstar Christian or superstar Christian leader that will fulfill the vision by themselves. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, listen to me, always leads to together. I'm going to share some things with you this morning that if you get them will radically change the way you approach conflict in your life. It'll drastically alter the way you think about the importance of connection and getting together. I'm not talking about living in one another's pockets. I've heard some people read Acts 2, 41 through 47 and say, oh, we've all got to become a commune. Well, if that was the case, then that would have been the model that the Apostle Paul preached and used and the Church of Jerusalem did. They never did it again. So it wasn't meant to be a model. It was a spontaneous thing that happened at that time. But the together part of it continues all the way through. We read only last week, 
where the Apostle Paul has been called by God, separated by God in a miraculous way on the road to Damascus, a blinding light. Here's the voice. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you persecute. What do you want me to do? He says, get up and go. And the first thing he does is connect him with another believer who, by the way, wasn't an apostle, wasn't a pastor, wasn't a preacher. His name was Adonis in the street called Straight. And the Lord appears to him and says, I'm sending to you this man, Saul. I want you to lay hands on him. He's a chosen vessel of mine to the Gentiles. Ananias says, you've got to be kidding. Don't you know who this guy is? He's persecuted your people. He's hauling them off to jail. People have died because of him. And the Lord says, he's my chosen vessel. And so this guy who all we know about him is his name. This guy is the vessel that God uses to change this man's life. The scales fall off his eyes and he arise, arose and got baptised. And that's the launching of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. All out of a connection with someone. But the connection never stops. Barnabas, when everybody's afraid of this guy Saul, they go, is his conversion real? Is this a trick? It says that Barnabas, the son of encouragement, is what his name means. He's nicknamed Encouragement. And this guy, whose nickname is Encouragement, goes against Paul and vouches for him, takes him to the apostles and says, this is legit. And then Barnabas begins to travel. Later on, when they have a falling out over John Mark, Paul doesn't say, well, I'll show you, I know how to do this. He says that he grabs uh, Silas. It's Paul and Silas who then go on with the great missionary journeys. See, everywhere you go in Scripture, true vision always leads to together. True vision always leads to together. No matter who you are, listen, no matter what your dream, somebody else, God will have ready to be a part of what you want to do. Even if it's your personal vision, you say, Jeff, my kids aren't walking with the Lord or my grandkids or whatever else. I want to reach my street. Well, I'll tell you, you might get the vision as a lone person. You might be the first to have it, but God will always have others that He wants to be a part of it. Here's the thing I want you to get today so quickly. And that is this, that together is a spiritual activity. Together is a spiritual activity. It's not just about social connection. It's not just about personalities. We're all different here. Some of you are gregarious. You are outgoing. Some of you here can talk to a post. Some of you do. You talk to yourself all the time. If there's nobody there, you're going to have a conversation with you. You just love to chat. Don't look at them. Don't point at them. Some of you here could care less if there were no people. You like being on your own. You're very happy for solitude. You enjoy moments of just me. Come on, you know you're here. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> One honest brother. But if you get this today, you'll begin to understand that together is a spiritual activity. It's a lot more than social connection or my tendencies, my personality. The together we read about in Acts 2 was the result of a spiritual outpouring. If you pray and say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, 
Ephesians 4, be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5. If you pray that prayer, do you know what God's going to do next? He's going to bring somebody towards you. He's going to prompt you in your heart and say, go to that one. Because every outpouring of the Holy Spirit results in together. Now I realise I'm speaking to some people here and you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you've been knocked around. Someone stabbed you in the back, in the front. (laughs) Wherever, some of you have got multiple wounds. You can still feel the itch. I recognise that. Listen, we live in a real world. Church is full of real people. And unfortunately, none of them are perfect. Look at your neighbour right now, smile at them and say, you haven't arrived yet. Some of you are very eager to tell them. These are moments of healing in the church as I give you permission to tell them what you've been wanting to tell them for years. You're not there yet. It's so natural. You know, the Bible's full of teaching about how to get on. That's why I know that though together is a spiritual activity, it's a spiritual activity that requires work. Do you know there's no spiritual gift that you just get and just go, well, I don't know, I, just, I was just there. And I don't know, it just, mm, it just happened. Mm. I was thinking about this just today, about the ministry gifts And about every single one of them requires us to grow. Paul wrote to Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Don't neglect the spiritual gift that you received through prophecy spoken over you when elders of the church laid hands on you. So here's the deal. Timothy, a young preacher, a young man called of God, the elders of the church lay hands on him. Oh, it was powerful. I don't know if he shook like that, but that's just what I do sometimes. Because I've seen people, oh. And he gets this amazing gift and you go, wow, what did you do to get that? Nothing, I just turned up to church and the elders went, whoo. And he says to him, this guy who got this gift supernaturally, didn't earn it, didn't go to Bible college and get it, didn't study for it, just gets it. He says, don't neglect it. Then verse 15, he goes on and says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Why? Because listen to me, it doesn't matter what the spiritual activity is. It always requires growth and it requires commitment out of us. And together is no different. Well, I'm going to go to the church. You know, I'm going to go to that perfect church. Well, the problem with you going to the perfect church is the moment you walk in, it lowers. It's no longer perfect because you came. Huh? Isn't that right? Come on, let's be honest here. How many people here have ever been ticked off by another Christian? None of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you. With the love of the Lord, I can see in you the glory of my King. And I... Some people are just getting a little bit of... Right now. 
Hey, listen, I wish I could say that's the way it was. But my Bible tells me that every spiritual activity requires work. And every spiritual activity, listen to me, every spiritual activity has got enemies and obstacles. You might go, well, Jeff, you know, not here, not at Metro. Oh, the pastor like you. That's because you don't have to live with me. We celebrated 44 years of marriage on Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It was on Friday. See, I can't even be perfect. You sure it wasn't Tuesday? Oh, that was the church's birthday. Oh, yeah, right. When people say to me, oh, wow, congratulations. I say, give them all to her. I said, I'm pretty sure she's done most of it. Think about it a minute. All spiritual activities got enemies and obstacles. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Every one of you have watched the David Attenborough documentary. You've seen where that lion on the savannah in Africa goes seeing the wildebeest, the zebra, not the warthog, because who wants to eat that? He's going for the rump steak on the, the stripes of the zebra. And he goes through, but he doesn't just kind of go out and try and get them all. He waits for that little one that wanders off by itself because it sees a blade of grass over there and goes, I'd like that bit of grass because no one else is going to get that. And it wanders off over there, tail swishing the, the flies away and it wanders off over there. And all of a sudden out of the jungle comes old Leo himself. Prow! And amidst all the bleating and the crying of the zebra, the lion sleeps tonight <laughs> in the jungle, the mighty jungle. Why? Because that's the, the lion's thing is divide and conquer. Come on, it's a spiritual activity. I'm telling you, the devil goes about like a roaring lion. What's his strategy? Divide and conquer. Just don't agree, don't fit in, don't be a part of anything else. Isolating. So that's why you see, listen, after the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit, oh, and they're all together and they're all meeting together. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm coming to your house and it's just gorgeous. You, do you need that? You can have it. You want my wheelbarrow? I'll give it to you. You want my trenching shovel? I'll give it to you. You want my mower? You can have my mower. Yeah, it's great. Why don't you come on over? Yeah, look, we're just hanging out and we sing together. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. It's just a beautiful time together of fellowship in the Lord and it's exciting and everything else. But then you get to Acts chapter 5. And Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira go, you know what? We think this is a great organisation that we would like to be that in charge of. And so they try buying their way to the top Politics are a part of life, but they're not a godly part of life. Amen. Now, thank God we, we have, I don't know of any politics in this church. If there is, it's not from me. But Acts chapter 5, these guys come, you know what God does? This is what God thinks about that kind of spirit. He kills them. Now, think about that a minute. 
I thought you were supposed to raise the dead, not make the dead. Huh? And the Lord goes, I'm not having that spirit in my people. And he gets rid of it out there. Well, that's Acts chapter 5. And so division that could have come into the church and could have made people become sectarian. Like Paul addressed to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Some of you say you're of Paul. Some of you say of Apollos. He goes, what? Did either of us die for you? No, it was Christ. And so right in the very beginning, Acts 5, the whole church could have become divided over this whole thing of who's who in the zoo. And he goes, I'm not having that. Acts chapter 6, another division arises. Why? Because the enemy hates together. So the Grecian widows, they start saying, you know what? You are favouring the Jewish widows and we are getting left out. Racism. Someone said to me once about, you know, when all the, some of the big race things comes on and, and debates around the world and, and I, I fully understand the need to, for justice and everything else. But they asked me about it. I said, have a look at this church. I said, we've got 80 plus nationalities here. And it's never an issue. It's just the way we do life. Acts chapter 6, they say we've been neglected. And again, difference and, and division looks like it can get a toehold in the church. And God goes, no, I'm not going to have that. See, our together is the foundation of the power, of spiritual power. And the devil hates our together. Together, thirdly, is the natural next step after salvation. No one told these people they had to do it. No one said to them, by the way, you know, you've got to get organised now and make all this happen. Together's the natural next step. Why do we with Metro Life not try and turn it into a meeting? Because we believe that together is the natural next step. No one's got to organise it. All we ask you to do is go to a meal. All we ask you to do if you host it is to simply say this is, is an expression of our belief at Metro in our together and then say grace for the food. That's it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to finish with this. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18 says this. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as He pleased. That means that if you come to Christ, He doesn't just say, off you go, footloose, fancy free, go out there, spread your wings. The whole world is your, your canvas. Go out there, do whatever you want to do. Yes, amen. That's what we need. Lone rangers for Jesus. No, He doesn't do that. The Bible says He sets you in the body. I hear someone saying, tighter, please. <laughs> this is not in the body, it's on the body. The Bible doesn't say in 1 Corinthians 12, but now God has set the members, each one of them on the body. Listen to me, you are not an accessory to the body of Christ. You are not a decoration to the body of Jesus. You are part of the body of Jesus. What is the difference? It is profound because whatever's on the body can easily be removed from the body. I was talking to someone this morning who's about to have an operation to remove something out of their body. We've got a lot of doctors in this church. They'll tell you how complicated it is. Anesthesia is not well. Count backwards from 10 while I hold the hammer. 
you've got to be a proper doctor to anesthetize somebody. Amen? And before you get to that, a nurse measures your height and takes your weight and squares and cubes and body massing things and and then they go in there and three nurses check whether you even know your name. And what are you in here for today? Ask all the time and all this kind of stuff. And then you they have an operating theatre and all this stuff. It's complicated to get something out of the body. But it's incredibly easy to get something off the body. Do you know why some people are so easily removed from the body of Christ? Because they were never in it. They were just on it. They were just on it. They just went. They just sat there and spectated. We're not on the body. We're in the body. Amen. Ephesians 4 verse 3, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know what the word endeavouring means? I'll give it to you in Australian English. Try really hard. Huh? How many people know that there are some Christians that really just get right up your nostrils? I'm the only person in this whole church. I'm not going to point at them. (laughs) The Bible doesn't say go, keep going from church to church until you find a church where you like everyone. I've played in bands. I've played in sporting teams most of my life. I've never played in a team yet where I liked everyone. And I'm pretty sure they never ever played in a team where everyone liked me. But that's not what a team's about. A team isn't about, do you like everyone? Do you like everybody in the Western Australian Ballet? Don't answer that question. Of course you do. They're fabulous, every single one of them. Particularly the principals. They're wonderful people. You ever had a job where you liked every one of your workmates? Staff better say yes. (laughs) Let me just bring this to a real fast because I want to give you this because, see, it's fine for me to talk about together to a crowd. But I know that together never works as a crowd dynamic. Isn't it easy to love everybody? It's just hard loving one. Isn't that right? It's easy to love everybody. I love them all. It's just the ones that come close. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 23, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember your brother's got something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. How do you handle conflict? Number one, I've got to say it again. Together is a spiritual activity. There's more to this than just how I feel and what I like. Are you with me? If we're going to fulfill all the vision dream has for us, we're going to partner with a lot of people we won't necessarily agree with about everything. Matter of fact, I'll tell you on Thursday night, I cannot believe how many people are coming out of everywhere and they're saying these words to me, we want to partner with you. Do I agree with them and all their doctrines and all their thinking and philosophy? No, I don't. Will we partner with them? By the grace of God, we'll find the partners that God has for us. Amen. Why? Three things if you've got a conflict. Thanks for coming, team. Number one, the goal's reconciliation, not winning the argument. Come on. Come on, if you want to resolve a conflict, you've got to make the goal reconciliation, not proving that they're wrong and you're right. Come on. The goal's reconciliation. 
That's what we're here. If you've got a conflict, I'm telling you today, no matter who it is, that family member you haven't spoken to for 10 years, the neighbour that you just don't get on with. Yeah, but here's the second thing. Be the initiator of reconciliation. Yeah, but they started it. Well, why don't you be the first one to finish it? Amen. Listen, all I know is all this stuff's really easy until it's somebody in front of me that I don't want to resolve. The con- I, amen. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Amen. You go, ooh, this is so good, Pastor. Yes. Amen. Oh, God, this was beautiful. Some of you are going, oh, God. Be the initiator of reconciliation. Number three, acknowledge your part in it. You might say, yeah, but I didn't do that. They did that. And I go, yeah, but you're keeping it going. Father, help us today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank You for the together that we have enjoyed as a church through all these 35 years. No divisions. Going together. Not always agreeing, Lord, but working together because You have put a great spirit of unity upon us. And we're grateful for that. We're grateful for Your work in us. Endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Not the unity of personality, but the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. Father, help us to go even further. Lord, we don't live in an ideal spot all the time. But Lord, You want us to make progress and to grow. We thank You for that in Jesus' Name. Father, I pray for anybody here this morning or with us online and they have never, never given their life to You, they haven't surrendered to You, they haven't made You Lord. I pray today will be the day they'll say yes to You. In Jesus' Name. Amen. You know, I started speaking about together and I've mentioned quite a bit the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had an encounter with Jesus. That's what changed him around. It wasn't a dialectical argument over theology and the historicity of Christ. It wasn't someone taking him back through the Old Testament and proving all the prophecies. He encountered Jesus. Oh, I pray today you will encounter Jesus. I really do. I pray whether it's your first time in church or your hundredth time, I pray you'll encounter Jesus. I pray if you're with us online, you stumbled upon us somehow or other, someone invited you, someone recommended it, I pray you'll encounter Jesus. Our first and foremost message, our be all and our end all is Jesus is the answer. Our be all and our end all is meet Christ and your life will change. Jesus, His Name, His Name. If that's you this morning, I want to pray a little prayer with you, a simple prayer. When I say little, I mean little in that it's brief. It's not a long one. You can pray it and you can say to Jesus, I want you in my life. Oh, I pray you won't just join a church. I pray that you'll meet Jesus. I pray that you won't just turn over a new leaf and try and behave different. I pray you'll meet Jesus. If you want to do that, this is the prayer I'd love you to pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. Oh, I want You in my life. Thank You for coming into my life, saving me, changing me and leading me. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, uh, why don't you send us your yes 
You can do that so easily. The number's up there on the screen or if you're with us on the Metro Church Online platform, the yes button is there for you. You can say yes to Christ today. The number's 0488-826-392. You can also get it via email, yes.metrochurch.org.au. We'll send you, fits on one screen of the smartphone, a Bible verse different every day, a prayer different every day to help you begin to start walking with Christ. Come on, let's stand together and sing together this great song. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Come on, let's worship Him. Let's go out of here with a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in our life. Saying, God, I'm ready to be your representative. I'm ready to fulfill your vision. I'm ready to do together well. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, we thank You for today. God, I pray that what we do with this will be more than nod our head and give an amen. But Lord, at the next difficult moment, we'll be the initiators. As awkward or hard to do as it might be, we'll step out and say, God, I'm going to build together. Thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Pastor Bruce is online. Pastor Ray and Kate are just going now. Ray, somebody here. Ray, are you there? Somebody just as you go. Somebody just this week, you've had a medical opinion. They've told you that the condition in your body is a chronic one. It's recurring. And they don't know they can help you manage it. But that's about all. I want you to go and see these guys. They're going to pray for you. They're going to lay hands on you. I believe God is there for you today to give you an answer for your life. Go and see them back there. Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Pastor Bruce, online. Lara, I believe, is going to be out there. Is that right, Lara? At the information table, if you want to sign up for, uh, let us know you're coming this Thursday night, this Thursday, 7.30. No 20-minute worship service. It's going to hit right on 7.30. Be on time. And that'll be absolutely great. I want to say God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this great service this morning. Go and be blessed. Go and make a difference in Jesus' name. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.